So I wanted to put this out there to answer loads of the questions uh, that people have been asking and hopefully this will be a once and for all way of getting over to people what what happened. I'll just give you a bit of background first of all, uh, certainly in terms of how I know Jesus. So I live here in Bethany with my two sisters and uh, Jerusalem is just about two miles that way. And as you know, there's been an uproar in the last few years uh, since Jesus came on the scene. And we first heard him teaching in the temple courts, as probably loads of you did. Uh, and when Martha, sorry, I've got two sisters, Martha and Mary. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming through our village, she did something really unusual. Uh, normally, I know if somebody's coming to visit because uh, the whole house is swept, everything's dusted, she's got stuff in the oven. But this time, uh, nothing was ready, but she heard Jesus was coming and rushed out. And she persuaded him somehow that he had to come to our house, that she was going to feed everybody and that everybody was welcome. Now, I've got to say, she is so hospitable. Uh, so Jesus comes and... They're all sitting uh, in our house. And at that time, Martha was a bit eager uh, to lavish food and goodness uh, on the teacher and all his disciples. But uh, she was put straight. And uh, yeah, Jesus must really love her cooking because whenever he is in Jerusalem, he comes and sees us. And he often stays here. It's it's the only place that he feels safe to stay in a house with a family uh, since he left home himself. So, you know, he's sort of adopted us into his family and we've had him in ours. Oh, but, of course, what you really want to know is, what was it like? What happened to me? What What's the story? What's the deal? That's what everybody asks when they see me. And, you know, there's only so much I can tell you. I was ill. Martha was looking after me. Mary was supporting her and trying to let everybody know what was going on. All I know is I was really sick and Martha was there. And really, the next thing I can be sure of is waking up feeling I was in a different place. It was cold, it was dark. But I heard Jesus call me. And it's like when you come out of a really deep sleep and you're really groggy. I was struggling to work out where I was, what was going on. It was dark, cold. And then I realised I couldn't move. I, my arms were bound to my side like this. Uh, so somehow I rolled over and managed to get myself out of the cave. And when I got out there, I, there were just people everywhere. And the looks on their faces, if I could show you now. Before I knew what was going on, Martha and Mary are just on me, sobbing, grabbing me, kissing me. We ended up in a heap on the floor. And I just had no idea what was going on. When the girls had uh, checked that I was there and they'd stopped crying. 
they just turned and looked at Jesus and everybody was looking at him and he was coming over. Martha saw that I needed to get out of there, so she freed up my legs, took me inside, uh, got me out of those cloths and bandages and got me dressed and, and explained what had happened. And of course, she wanted to know. And that's pretty much all I can tell you about that. I was ill and I woke up. There were things that I see but I don't know about it. I don't know what I can say. So all I can say is I was ill and I woke up in a cave. And people keep coming up and asking to me, asking me what happened. So that's what this is about. Uh, but I don't really like the limelight. Uh, so... I'm not going to go into that anymore, but I want to tell you about this evening and what happened uh, with Mary and Martha and Jesus. So they were obviously ecstatic that I was alive again. And uh, they decided that they wanted to throw a dinner uh, for Jesus, knew he was coming. And as I said, he often comes and stays here on his way to or from Jerusalem or just when he's there. Uh, so Martha said that she would cook and serve so that I could be with Jesus, spend the evening with him and enjoy that time with him and the disciples. When they all arrived, uh, normally when they arrive, there's lots of jokes and stories and Jesus is just such, he's so full of stories. Uh, but today there was something different. There was something unspoken but uncomfortable about more uh, and I really can't put my finger on what it was but it I could see that it it affected Mary as well but we all sat down for the dinner and Martha brought in some fantastic food and everybody was enjoying that and I noticed that Mary had disappeared when I looked around Next thing I know, I see her coming into the room with the jar of perfume that is the family treasure. And she just went straight to Jesus. She locked onto him and she broke open the perfume and poured some onto his feet. And the smell, I think no one had ever smell anything like it anything so beautiful and it just permeated everything I can still smell it out here now and then <laughs> you can imagine everybody's just transfixed in watching what's going on and then I don't know if it was because she wanted to share in the same scent as Jesus that she just wanted to be closer to him whether she didn't want to use a cloth because Martha might tell her off. Uh, but she wiped up the oil, uh, the perfume with her hair. Now, everybody was just so quiet. Didn't really know what to do uh, with themselves to see this intimate devotion going on right in amongst all of us. 
So no one said anything except one. Now, he's a funny one, Judas. Uh, John tells me some stuff about him, and I think that John doesn't really trust Judas, to be honest. Uh, and apparently, uh, Judas Iscariot means uh, locksmith, which John tells me is kind of appropriate because Judas uh, manages the money box, and John reckons that Judas helps himself whenever he likes. So yeah, his name seems to fit the bill there. So Mary's on the floor there, and Judas speaks out, saying, why wasn't this money, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? Now, Judas strikes me as one of those guys who, you know, he'll look at somebody and go, why did you go out with him? Or why did they get the pay rise? Why did they get a promotion? Why did they receive that? In effect, why not me? Why aren't they looking at me? And I think we all get that every now and again. And it's, uh, I think of it like an insect bite. You know, if you leave it alone, the itch goes away. But the more you scratch it, the more it bleeds. And Judas, he's had a really good go at that. I feel that, sometimes think that he's worked that one so hard that he's gouged out a wound so deep he might disembowel himself. But he's the only one and he directs it straight at Martha, who's now feeling ashamed. I can see it in her face. But of course Jesus looks at her and looks at Judas and says, Judas, my friend, you'll always have the poor. You can give to them whenever you like. But Mary's done something precious and beautiful for me today. And yet, he said that Mary did what she could now whilst he's still here because his time is limited. And it made me think, is that what they're all on edge about? Is that why the disciples don't have the normal peace at the minute? And then I notice Martha's there. She's just looking at Mary to check she's okay, seeing if she needs comfort, see if she needs taken away from the situation. But she told me that she decided no. She's hurting, but she's okay. She's at Jesus' feet, and she's not going to take her away from Jesus' gaze and protection. The moment passed, and uh, eventually we carried on just enjoying the meal and being together. I spent lots of time with Philip and Nathaniel, who are like older brothers to me. It's late now, and all the others have gone out of the front of the house because through the evening, a few people started appearing in the village, and then that few grew to a crowd. I'm at the back here because I don't really like the crowds. And as I say, they keep just asking me. They say they've come to see Jesus, and they want to see me, but let's be honest, they want to see me, they just want to see a dead man walking, they want to see a freak show. And Jesus said to me later on that things could get a bit 
precarious now and he said that the leaders don't like to see new life, to see good real things happen. So he actually said it could be dangerous for me, so I ought to keep my head down. That suits me, like I say. I don't like the limelight, uh, so I'm going to make sure I stay out of the way. But the rest of them, they're off to Jerusalem tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen as we head towards the big feast. Uh, but I'll let them go and I'll stay here. Maybe if you've got more questions, you can go and find them tomorrow or through the week and see what happens, because I'm sure Jesus will be in the temple there. Uh, yeah, but as for me, I'm going to stay out of the way of the crowd. I've done my bit for you. I've got my message out there. And I don't know what's going to happen, because... You know, Jesus become a part of our family and we part of his. So, yeah, something's going on, but I have to leave it to them. And for those that want to ask more questions, well, they're questions that I don't really have the answer to and I'm not sure that they really want genuine answers to anyway. So... I'm going to leave it there and uh, you can make your own mind up.